the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. And welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as ever, I'm delighted to be back with you again. Well, time's moving on and we are getting so close to the Vacation Rental Success Summit. I'm getting so excited. Can't wait to get back to San Antonio. It's going to be, ah, it's just going to be super fun. I've been talking to so many people recently who are going to be there. People like Matt Landau. Jessica Gillingham, Tyann Marsink, uh, David Angotti, Conrad O'Connell, Wes Melton, just so many of these great people who are going to be uh, coming to the summit to present some really, really great workshops. And you know, I know those of you who've been to the Vacation Rental Success Summit before, you know what the quality of the presentations is like. It's just you know, it, it really is the best because the people that we choose to deliver the presentations are those that we know, number one, they can present. You know, we've seen them do it and, and we're very happy with the way they present. But also they're passionate about what they do in terms of the overall vacation rental business. So you're not going to get be, be sold to by somebody who is just simply representing a company that has a resource or an app or some some service that they're offering to vacation rental uh, owners and hosts. These people live, eat, and breathe the business, not just with their own products. And yes, there are some people who are presenting who do have their own products. They do sell services, but we have asked them not to sell. We've asked them to deliver something really educational so that you can go away from absolutely every session knowing that you've learned something and you've got something you can take back and apply in your business. I always remember somebody saying after the first uh, VRSS event that it was like being firehosed with information, that they had not imagined how much information they would get to take away and how important it was to organize that information as it was coming in and file it away for future reference so that you knew that you are going that well that that you know that you're going to use it so if you're coming to VRSS keep that in mind you know make have some plans to make your notes have some plans to organize what you're learning into categories, use some sort of um, some sort of note-taking um, software or something like that that's going to organize as you go along. You know, it could be something like Evernote. And Evernote is absolutely fantastic for doing that. I use that when I go to conferences. And, and I can just open, you know, what I have one notebook for the conference and then my notes are for each um, workshop. And then I have notes for networking. And, and then when I get back, I just open that conference notebook and there is everything there. And of course you can tag your notes, you can tag your notebooks so that if you just, if you get home and you think, gosh, I remember learning something about, uh, email marketing and you've got an email marketing tag, then that's going to bring up everything that came up in any of the sessions on email marketing. So that's just that's just a little tip, something I learned a long time ago, and uh, and I apply it and use it every time I go to a conference. So for those of you who are still still sitting on the fence about coming to VRSS, you have got very little time remaining to book your tickets. We still have some remaining. We would love to see you there. Please get in touch with me directly at heatheratcottageblogger.com for a discount code. And I will give that to you. So my guest today is going to be at the Vacation Rental Success Summit. He was also a, he is also the star of one of Matt Landau's A Sense of Place episodes. 
And I have watched, not all of them yet, but I've watched a lot of these episodes. And I just love how Matt is capturing the essence of these hosts and owners and how they imbue their business with not only their personality, but their values, uh, their sense of hospitality and their passion for the business and their passion for sharing the experiences that their guests can have at that location. And John Oden is definitely one of these. I, I've always wanted to go to Nashville. I never yet made it. But if I did, I would go back to this episode of A Sense of Place and look up some of these places that uh, John showed Matt during that episode because it really was a taste of what seems to be the real Nashville and not the one that you perhaps see on, uh, on, on TV and soap operas and that type of thing. It, it was, it was a real, I, I am, I'm thinking that John's guests when they come to his place in Nashville are getting the sense of the real city and, and not that, that as is usually portrayed in, um, you know, on, on TV. So, First of all, you probably need to go to A Sense of Place and check out John's episode. And then you can come and listen to this episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. You know, I keep saying Vacation Rental Success Summit because it's so on my mind. So, no, let's let's wind that back. You don't have to go and watch the episode before you listen to this. You just carry on and listen to this interview. And then afterwards... Um, go and check out a sense of place, and then you can uh, you can see uh, on the screen what John and I are talking about. So, without further ado, let's move on over to uh, this my interview with John Oden, who hails from Nashville. So, I'm delighted to have with me today John Oden. And for those of you who have seen the uh, the episode of A Sense of Place that um, Matt did in Nashville, you will already be familiar with John and Ellen. So I am just so happy to have John on the show today so that uh, I can sort of fill in a, a few blanks because I've got some questions that came out of the show. And there were certainly some things that, that I saw in the episode that I found completely fascinating and I wanted to hear more about so welcome, John. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you, Heather, for having me here. I've listened to so many of your podcasts since the beginning of our vacation rental journey, and, and I'll have to say it's it's quite a thrill to find myself here talking to you. So thank you for that opportunity. Oh, you're very welcome. I think I, I said when Matt did you know, the very first few episodes of A Sense of Place that I, I really wanted to talk to every host and every owner who who was featured in it. And sadly, <laughs> you're just the second. I'm, I've got a lot more. I've got a lot more to do. But it, it was actually watching your episode, and I th- there was just, as I say, there was just so much that that was in there that that demonstrated what a good owner is. That I wanted to just explore it in a little bit more detail. And you know, I know when I, I know what happens with these TV things is that so much gets edited out. And and you end up with some really really great stuff, but there's also some great stuff that uh, I mean it used to end up on the on the editing room floor, um, right? But now of course it just ends up in the uh, in in the bin <laughs> on a computer. So we're going right. to we're going to fill in some gaps here. So you know, first of all, let's find out a little bit more about you and how you got into this vacation rental business in the first place. Well, uh, Ellen, my wife, uh, she and I are both career-oriented folks. We work in the technology space and have for quite some time. And then kind of backing up even before that, I've always had an interest in real estate, beginning with the purchase of my own home many more years ago than I care to count. I started to see the benefits of owning real estate. And uh, shortly after purchasing my own home, started to collect a small portfolio of traditional 12-month rentals and uh, and did that. And that kind of went on autopilot for, for many years. And then about five years ago, 
we really started looking for ways to to grow that uh, a little a little faster and a little bit further. And also about that time, we began staying at some vacation rentals ourselves as we went about our various travel. And we thought, you know, hey, we could do this. And we did the math and we saw the numbers worked out and we liked the kinds of properties that we found ourselves staying in. And also along that same time, there was a um, very beautiful old home that I have driven past for probably 25 years uh, as a result of going to and from my office. And I was uh, looking at it one day and I noticed that there was a uh, for sale sign there. And it wasn't a traditional realtor's for sale sign. It was actually uh, posted up on a, an auction site for foreclosed properties. And after several months of negotiation, I was able to own that home to purchase it. And our initial thought was to maybe just fix it up and, and sell it. But based on the vacation rental experience that we had and uh, we were looking for maybe some sort of a different way to, to generate some revenue from our real estate investments. And uh, we started to see more about Airbnb and VRBO and short-term rentals. And we decided we would, uh, we, would, we would take a run at it. And that's really how we got started. When you got started, how did you learn how to do this thing? Because I know, you know, when <laughs> I got started way back in 1999, I think it was, and I bought my first place out here in Ontario, there was nothing. There was Right. It, it, it was, I think, um, Christine Karpinsk. No, it, gosh, that was long before Christine because she didn't sort of appear on the scene until HomeAway came on the scene. So, so maybe, no, I did it all on my own. So how did you get going? Was there anybody who help, helped you out? Not really. Uh, just, you know, I already had a good knowledge of renovating properties and evaluating and, and purchasing and fixing and, and all that side of it. And, uh, we were fortunate in that uh, there were a number of resources out there from which we could learn, such as your podcast, you were instrumental, Matt Landau's podcast, and, and some other places. But mostly we just saw what our experience was as guests at vacation rentals, and we saw a few things maybe we could do a little bit better. So uh, we just jumped in and, and let the market and our guests help us learn. And uh, that's that's really how we got started. We we like to use the term kaizen, which is uh, uh, it's kind of a Japanese term for incremental improvement. And uh, as we go and as we learn something, we'll include it and uh, make it a part of of doing a better job the next time. So, do you have any other vacation rentals apart from the one in Nashville? We do. We do. We have uh, one here in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, we actually have two up and running in a beautiful little charming community on Tampa Bay, in the Tampa Bay, Florida area. It's a little place called Safety Harbor. And we've got two more down there, and we have just purchased a third. So we're getting ready to undertake renovation on that. So that will um, hopefully by the end of the summer, we'll have uh, four of them up and going. Well, how, how do you manage those? How do you manage you know, them being in such diverse locations? Well, it, it all goes back to, to having a team, and uh, Ellen and I are certainly um, a team, but our team is, is more than that. Uh, I'll, I'll give some, some uh, a shout-out to my employer that has uh, provided me with an opportunity through my career to be down in the Tampa Bay, Florida area where we have another operation about once a month. So being down there regularly, uh, that got me introduced to the area, and I have a little time. I'll stay over on the weekends and in the evenings after work and you know, be able to check on the properties, but it's more about finding the right people. We have absolutely fabulous housekeepers without which this would not be possible. Uh, we have uh, some folks that help us out with our construction and renovation, just an, an excellent, excellent guy that's become a, a good friend down in that area that, um, that we just couldn't do it without. So it's it's all about putting the team together, and we've been very fortunate to be able to do that. I, I would go along with that. Having the right team in place is is paramount. You can't really do this thing without other people. And right, I, I learned that very early on because um, I was I, I bought a place in Ontario, and I was living in England, and and I sort of expected to be able to uh, manage it by telephone. Which, which to a certain extent actually happened, but I, I, I realized quick, quickly, you know, when, <laughs> the, the first time we got a call to say that there was, there was three feet of snow on the roof and we really ought to remove that before, before <laughs> right. the roof collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, 
that, that it, there are a lot of could, things that happen that you need to be prepared for and have someone in place to to help you out. Absolutely. It can be done with phone calls, but it doesn't happen like that without planning and without some work. And uh, that's I, I give credit to, to all of the folks that help us out from housekeepers to handymen and plumbers and electricians and lawn care folks. Uh, you know, they're they're the, the heroes uh, in our business. And I suspect for many other hosts as well. So, so from the start, from the first property to now, um, possibly five. Uh, we have four, four right now. Once we once we get the one that's right. under, uh, it'll it'll be four. Yes. Okay. So for, from from then to now, what are the most important things that you've learned? Now you you've just mentioned team, having the right team on on board. What else? Right. What else have you learned along the way that um, that maybe if you went back and started again, you'd do differently? I think probably um, there, there are quite a few things, many things, but just to distill it down to a few, one of the first things that's become apparent is that our, our guests don't come to stay at our house. I mean, they come to stay at our house, but they're really looking for an experience. Just having a beautiful property, that's certainly part of the experience, but that's not all of it. And we, we engage our guests before, during, and after their stay to make sure that they have uh, not just a nice house to stay in, but they have a great experience. So that's that's important. Um, another thing that I hear lots of newer hosts are or, or prospective hosts concerning themselves with is that uh, you know is the guest going to damage my property? Or are they going to steal things? And and that's just absolutely not the case. Uh, we have been just thrilled with the guests that we've had, and uh, the hosts, I think, should worry less about trusting the guests and more about gaining the trust of the guests. Because, you know, when guests come to us, uh, I had one that um, sent a message the other day, and I responded back and kind of gave them the link to the Sense of Place video, and they were just thrilled. And, and she related to me how much of a, a leap of faith it really is for a, a prospective guest to book a vacation rental, perhaps on the part of a larger extended family, and they've got a lot of pressure on them. So they need to feel like that they can trust the host and that they're going to have a good experience, and we work as hard as we can to provide that. I, I love to hear you say that because I see a number of, of posts on forums where, where the guest appears to be um, secondary to having the property respected um there's more worry about are they going to do damage rather yeah. than how can we make the experience so wonderful for them that of course they'll respect the place and yes it, it, it seems that some people do fall a little bit on the wrong side of um of of that experience traje trajectory shall we say i agree with that our guests are wonderful and without them we wouldn't be able to do what we do. We, I can honestly say after doing this for several years, we've hosted literally hundreds of guests through our properties over this time. And there's, there's not a one that we wouldn't invite back if, if they'd like to come back. And many do. Yeah. But years ago, um, when I started really talking about this, this industry and, and in fact, I still talk about this to some of our, um, some of our new owners on our property man in our property management company. And, and I always say the same thing. The moment you start taking money for, uh, for a rental, whether it's for one weekend of the year or whether you want to rent the whole weekend, the, the whole year, you have become a provider to the travel industry. Right. And you have a business regardless of, of how many days you're going to rent for. The moment you take a penny from somebody, you are in business and, and you need to act accordingly as a business owner. That's absolutely true. And um, I just think about the times when I've been a guest, you know, we're putting trusts in our hosts and, um, you know, we have to, to step up to that. And our guests are investing not small amounts of money with us for these stays. And, and probably even more important than that, they're trusting us with their time and with their family's time and, they expect to have a great experience, and um, I think it's incumbent upon us to hold up our end of the bargain and provide that. Well, let's you know, let's talk about experiences because you know, I, in 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 the episode of a sense of place, 
you were showing Matt a number of very unique experiences. There was a local restaurant. You you took him to um, uh, to, to local uh, local pla- places where the locals go, rather than places that are distinctly touristy. How how do how do you do this with guests if you're not always there to meet them and to you know host them like you did with Matt? Well, the way we see it, the guests stay, if you want to call it that, really begins long before they arrive at our property. We accept bookings uh, through the the big OTAs and increasingly um, direct with us. But we begin that dialogue right away. And and I reach out to them with a combination of uh, email messages or messages through the platform websites, uh, text and phone calls, and try to learn a little bit more about them, why they're coming, what are their interests, what is it that they would like to experience while they're at our place. And uh, I'm a Nashville native, so I've got some pretty deep knowledge of the area, and I'm kind of an adopted native of the Tampa Bay area, having gone down there so much. So we really try to connect our guests on a customized one-by-one basis with experiences that, that, that are right for them, that will, will help that be a memorable time for them, whatever it may be, whether it's a special kind of uh, restaurant that they might be seeking or a, a particular uh, kind of music or, or music venue, whatever it might be, we try to provide that. We have our guest book, but uh, that's for everybody. But we try to do something that's customized for, for each guest through that one-on-one communication to, to try to build that rapport before they ever even arrive. So do you, do any, do you use any particular method of recording all this information, um, you know, spreadsheets or a journal or something like that? Because so I, I know that you have a, a lot of repeat guests, so I'm, I'm certain that when those guests come back, you, you're able to go back to what they liked because you know, you've had experience of them. Well, for the most part, yes, that's very true. Uh, we're, we don't have that many properties and that many guests that uh, you know, we have a real sophisticated record-keeping system for that, but we do have our email messages and our messages through the platforms. And uh, you know, when I see somebody returning for another stay, I'll you know briefly go back and review our prior communications. And uh, we always uh, solicit our guest preference about a particular favorite beverage or snack or whatever it may be. And we, uh, we have that waiting for them upon their arrival. So I'll go back and review those sorts of things. And if it was a, an anniversary or a birthday or some occasion of that sort, the last time they stayed, we'll, I'll go back and, and ask about that. So yeah, we do that. So, so you said you, you, you solicit from them the, the types of things they like to drink. And I did notice when, uh, uh, in a sense of place, you'd provided Matt with a couple of bottles of his favorite tipple. Um, yep, sake, yes. <laughs> so is, is this something that you do for every guest in every property? Yes, we do. We do. Uh, we, we do our best to solicit the guest's preference. And uh, we do it most of the time, but... Uh, even if, if we don't, sometimes we'll ask and we never hear a reply back, but we'll provide something and uh, we'll, we'll provide, we'll make our best guess at something that they would enjoy. And it's, uh, it's always appreciated. We leave snacks and uh, always have bottles of water in addition to a, a preferred beverage. So that's just part of our welcome package that we provide to every guest at every property. I, I love that idea of, though, of, of personalizing um, the welcome the welcome gift, I suppose, the welcome in, in general. Right. Um, how important do you think that, that that is when a guest walks in the door and they feel that they are personally welcomed? I think it's, it's essential, and I think it's, uh, our, our reviews reflect that. The comments that we get back from our guests, it's, it's very appreciated. So we do everything that we can do to make guests feel welcome as, as quickly as we can from writing personalized welcome notes, which we do here in Nashville every time. And uh, even down in our Florida properties, I get some help from some other folks on the ground down there to do that as much as we can. Um, uh, another thing that uh, just kind of occurred to me that's part of the guest welcoming experience is, uh, is lighting. 
Uh, that may sound a bit odd, but a lot of guests will arrive after dark, and uh, they may not be sure, is this really where I'm supposed to be? So we have the place uh, with automatic lighting on the outside, uh, lit up cheerfully and beautifully, and we always leave the lights on on the inside. Uh, we have the television on already, just so that they can come in, and and uh, the house looks beautiful and, and lively, and they're not fumbling around in the dark. Their their welcome note is there. Their favorite beverage is there. So we want to get their stay off on a good note as quickly as we can. I love that. I've I've seen this done in in a lot of different ways. Whether it's a, and in fact, I I went to a an Airbnb in um, Ottawa last uh, a, a couple of weekends ago. In fact, when I went to the uh, Ottawa show. And I and as I walked in the door, there there was a chalkboard with just said "Welcome Heather," and it's amazing. And it was handwritten. It was amazing how you know, as a guest, how you feel about that very very simple gesture. No, yes, number one, yes. I found the right place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm in the right place. I haven't sort of stumbled into somebody else's hallway. But you, start, you you do feel there's you know it's, it's it's warm and fuzzy. I feel that I'm I was expected. I'm welcome. Um, the place was warm. There were lights on, and I was immediately at home. So you know, just just that tiny tiny gesture of of using the guests' names um, makes such a massive difference. I really agree with that, and our experience bears that out, and um, I think guests really appreciate it because they are placing a lot of trust in us that there really will be a property there, the door really will open, and uh, they will be welcomed in, and the property will look like the pictures looked, and uh, that that's important. That's important, and I think also it gives us a bit of an edge Matt even came up with a term for it. I think he called it, um, oh gosh, I, I, the term has escaped me. <laughs> but uh, but basically the idea is that we try to build as much goodwill as we can, as early on as we can. So if some little small something happens and things do happen, guests know that we are responsive. And if they send us a, a message or give us a call, We'll get right back to them, and um, I guess probably one of the things that happens to us the most is that the uh, various internet services will will blink out every now and then, and that's very important to guests, and uh, they want to know that we're going to be on it, and if it requires making a phone call to the internet provider, the cable TV provider, or whatever it might be, that if some little glitch like that pops up, we will have built enough goodwill on the front end that uh, hopefully they'll they'll just kind of sail right through that and continue to enjoy their stay. And that'll be just a small bump. Yeah, exactly. Um, for, for, for listeners, it would, it's worthwhile going to John's, um, let's say the home away page. And, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. And I was particularly taken John with the fact that you respond to every review. We do, yes. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. I, I was I got into a discussion with somebody recently about you know now now you're saying we should respond to positive reviews as well as negative ones, and uh, you know I've I've always been of that mind. If you only respond to negative ones, then you generally come across as pretty defensive. And it's going to stand out as the only one that got a response. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> we want to re- we want to respond to every one of them and thank the guest for their kind words and invite them back and um, just just an, one more thank you. Well, it, it it works because I think as as a site visitor, if if somebody's going through uh, through through a listing, of course they're going to go to the reviews. That's that's the first thing that most people will go to. Um, sure. That they're going to they want to find out what other people have liked before them. I, re- I remember the time, and I'm sure you do, that we used to go out and buy things without reading reviews beforehand because there were none available. Right. How did we ever do that? You know, well, we did, didn't we? You know, we'd, 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 go, <laughs> we on, did. We we'd did. go on vacation, we'd choose an airline, we'd choose a refrigerator, and it never bothered us that nobody <laughs> – never bothered us that there were, were no reviews for it because there, there was right. no such thing as a review. But now – you know, it's an entirely different culture, and we rely on other people to tell us what they think. And and I was going through some of these, and one that really stuck out because they're all so positive. But I love this one because it was very short. It just said the owners are awesome. They communicate with you before, 
during and after your stay. They really want you to be happy and have everything you need. And I think that that says it all. Those guests are saying that they felt, you know, almost cocooned in hospitality. That's exactly the way we want them to feel. And that's the way we would want to feel when we go away and stay. And uh, we, we try to provide that. And, and yes, that, that's essential. And that's exactly what we, we try to do. I remember that specific guest in the review. And, and they, like so many others, were just, uh, just gracious and kind. And uh, we, we really appreciate their words. And just at the end of that, it says that I, we appreciate the extras and the attention. But it seemed, you know, coming out of that review and a lot of the others, it's the attention that um, that that they appreciated so much. Um, and it's some something that I guess is is lacking um, in our culture today. Is and and people do want attention, and they're not getting it as much as they did. It's so much of it is automated attention and getting something personal makes such um, a profound difference. It, it really does. And, uh, and if I go back to the, the things that uh, you asked about that I had learned, we had learned, that would be one more. And providing rapid, I uh, wouldn't say instantaneous communication, that's not possible. But, um, you know, I have all of the, um, the apps on my phone, uh, email, and uh, typically whenever a guest books an inquiry or they have a question or, or whatever, I try to get back to them within just, you know, a, a matter of minutes. And they really appreciate that. Uh, we hear a lot about guests wanting to do instant booking and, and they do, and, and, and that's fine. But I think really what they want is, uh, is to know that there really is somebody on the other end of this thing that cares and uh, is going to you know, do their best to help them have a great stay. And, and that's what I think is really important to the guest is that personal touch, to, to know that there really is somebody there that's their advocate. And if there's a question or if some little glitch comes up, that there'll be somebody there to, uh, to handle it and make it right. Yeah, that, that, that is important. And uh, you, you and Ellen seem to have, have captured the, the complete philosophy of hospitality and share it very generously from all those all those reviews. Um, I wanted to talk about the, the giving back that you do. Uh, so it's, it's a theme that's come across through a sense of place um, with many of the owners that uh, that Matt has visited. That they give back to their communities or they give back in some way to the environment, whether it's through um, planting trees or um, providing water bottles that don't get uh, that, that that don't get put into landfills um you do something very different and encourage your guests to help you in the giving back process can you tell us about that yes uh, the uh, the particular program that matt touched upon in the sense place episode is called room in the inn and i got involved in that about 20 years ago through our local church and basically what it is, it's a program that runs from November through April of every year, which in the Nashville, Tennessee area are colder months. And uh, many area churches participate in this program to provide uh, an overnight stay and to provide a, um, a hot meal in the evening, uh, breakfast the following morning, and in many cases additional services such as haircuts and um, medical uh, personnel and, and those sorts of things. And uh, that's something that's been important to us. And uh, if you watch the Sense of Place episode, uh, you'll see uh, my dad has, has gotten involved in that, and uh, he is a man on a mission. And if you watch that, uh, that video, you'll see that his heart is really in it. And uh, we, we shared that with Matt, and he wanted to be a part of it. So uh, we had him here during his stay we at our church that happens one night per week and uh, on that night when Matt was here we went down and, and took a part in it and uh, we are working to, to integrate that more and more with our guests we've actually had a few folks have watched the video and were so moved by that that they actually sought out room in the inn and, and made donations to that ministry which was just just tremendously. Uh, moving to us, and uh, we're, we're going to increasingly 
integrate that into our stay. We want to do it carefully because we don't want our guests to feel obligated in, in any way, but we want to provide them an opportunity if they want to have a deeper experience than just going to the uh, the live music or some of the great restaurants and so forth here in Nashville. If they want to do something that could potentially impact somebody's life, uh, we want to provide that opportunity for them. I, I think that's wonderful. I, I, I love to see so how many owners are, are beginning to to do this on on so many different levels. And I I know there are there are companies, property management companies, out in um, in the outer banks. And and they encourage guests to to leave any any food, any unopened cans or um, uh, non-perishable items that they've taken to their vacation rental and have left over. On the way out, there are places where they can drop these foodstuffs off. It's just something right. so simple. Every time I hear, you know, a, a, um, a project such as that or a project such as room in the inn that you can share with the guests and as you say you don't don't want them obligated to take part but just giving them that option that you know this is something that you do and if if they wish to here's how to do it or how to donate or 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 whatever it really is food for thought and i think if if every owner or every property management company took on board some project that they they could share with their guests there would be quite the movement in giving back. I think absolutely so. And we're actually, we haven't started this yet, but we're probably going to be launching it before the busy winter season down for Florida properties. We have been in contact down there. Uh, most of our guests want to bring pets and we welcome pets in our Florida properties because they're uh, they're more suited to it than than our, our place up here in Nashville. So um, we're we're kind of in the thought process of how we're going to do this. We do charge an additional pet fee if there's going to be a pet in the property, but uh, maybe donating some portion of of the pet fee to the local uh, animal rescue, which is really, they do an excellent job. I've got some friends down there that foster parent pets from that particular facility, and um, we want to let our guests know that some of their investment is is going to go to help uh, help other potential pets in the future. So that's another one that we're thinking about and uh, pretty excited about trying to get that going also. Oh, that's interesting you should say that because um as as a property management company ourselves, we're 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 looking at what we should be doing because probably 90% or maybe 80%, 80-85% of our guests bring a pet to our properties because they they all come out of the city of Toronto or the majority of great majority of them do. We've um, we just heard recently of of a project that uh, brings stray dogs down from the far north of Canada. There's a lot of stray dogs up there, and they bring them down and um, spay them, neuter them, and then they are put out for adoption. But it's a costly process. Yeah, we're very strongly thinking about getting involved with this and in encouraging our guests that um, you know this this exists and because the majority of them have dogs that they may like to uh, to get involved in some way so we're working on that that concept all comes out of hearing about all these different projects that are going on all over the place and we're thinking oh yes we need to be we need as a company we need to be doing this and I'd love to hear of I'd love to hear of more so for for my listeners you know if if you are giving back in some way and sharing that giving back with your guests so that they they have the opportunity to take part if they wish. I'd love to hear about it. So pop that into the show notes and I'll definitely respond to you. So let's let's move on to marketing, John, because I know that you know you, you use the OTAs. We do, yes. But you also have a lot of repeat bookings and you have your own websites for the different properties. So tell us a little bit about how your marketing works because your properties are in diverse areas. So are you differentiating your marketing to those who are coming to Nashville and those who are coming to the Tampa Bay area? I would say of all the areas that um, that are, are all of the different facets of operating a vacation rental business, this is probably the one where we are um, – 
in the need of, of doing the most learning and the most moving forward, yes, we, we are doing some of those things. We do depend still rather heavily on the big OTAs. We do have our own websites for uh, each of the properties, and we have an umbrella website that will direct folks to all of the properties. Uh, we can accept bookings directly, and, and we do that for repeat guests. And as far as differentiating the marketing, I, I, you know, the first place that we do that is through the photography and the descriptions that go with each listing. You know, we know, you know, there are certain things that bring people to Nashville, and and we try to focus our our uh, descriptions and, and our photographs on that. We know there are some other things that bring people to the Tampa Bay, Florida area, and we try to feature that in the listings down there. So so we do that. We do. Um, uh, email marketing to our repeat guests. We need to do more of that, but uh, that's something that we have uh, committed to, to continuing to do and to increasingly do. And uh, we're we're pretty neophytes at this, but we have experienced or experimented rather with some Facebook marketing. So uh, we're we're doing all of those things. Uh, we have also uh, put some listings up on some regional websites. So um, the OTAs are, are still valuable partners to us. I hear a lot of complaints about the OTAs, but uh, quite frankly, we value our relationships with them. But at the same time, uh, we're exploring other ways to generate leads and to get bookings from the conversion of those leads and inquiries. And uh, those are a few of the things that we're doing. So, so what platforms do you list on? We list on VRBO HomeAway. We also list on Airbnb. We have listed on TripAdvisor, but uh, I think at this point we've actually taken our listings down. We just weren't getting any any leads from that at all. We have recently begun listing on a couple of regional listing sites down in Florida, and uh, that's showing some promise. We've actually gotten quite a few inquiries. We haven't uh, gotten a booking yet. I think probably the reason why is that those inquiries were coming during the high season back during January, February, and March, and, and everything down there is almost 100% booked during those months, so we really couldn't accommodate. But uh, as we circle back around for this next season, we, uh, we hope to get some results from those regional listing sites down in Florida. Uh, we're looking at that up here in Tennessee. I'm not aware of one. I know there's uh, quite a few over in the, the uh, Smoky Mountain area, but as far as a, a regional site that uh, that has a presence for national properties, haven't found that one yet. But uh, we'll be out there looking. Uh, do you find you're getting you get more bookings from one platform for, say, the Nashville property, and from another platform for um, for the Florida ones? What we do, I would uh, I don't have the the numbers right here in, in front of me, but I would say we probably see more bookings from VRBO HomeAway down in Florida and maybe a little bit more on Airbnb up here in Nashville. Uh, not sure exactly what led to this, but when we first started, our bookings were almost uh, universally from VRBO in all the locations. But uh, probably about a year and a half ago, we really started to pick up a lot of uh, growth in inquiries and conversions to bookings on Airbnb. So it's roughly 50-50 between the two, but I'd say it tilts a little more heavily to VRBO home away down in Florida and a little bit more toward Airbnb up here in, in Nashville, which seems to be the pattern. Airbnb seems to uh, focus a little bit more and, and guests flock to it a little bit more for the more urban, uh, larger areas. and That's what we're seeing. If you were to talk to somebody today who wanted to start a similar vacation rental business, somebody's listening to this and they haven't got into it and they think, you know, I can do this and I, I, I've, I've learned all this about creating the guest experience and being responsive and helping guests to gain our trust. What, uh, what I'm, I'm going to ask you to really dig now and find three more valuable tips you could give them? Sure. Well, first of all, is, is the one you mentioned already, is getting your education. That's that's absolutely critical for any venture that you're going to move into, and this uh, vacation rental space is no exception. But uh, what I would say to someone that is uh, anticipating 
getting into this and starting to do this would be to look at the area where where it is that they think that they might want to operate a vacation rental and uh, find a, uh, you know some idea of the, of the type of property that they think that they might want to own and operate someday and then go out on the big listing sites and and find the the one that's got the most reviews and the busiest calendar and, and go stay there you know go stay at a couple because if you're going to get into the space, then you know the, the new owner is going to have to offer some kind of value proposition that will encourage guests to come stay at their place. So by looking at what other hosts are doing, those those are you know in a sense the the competitors that that you're going to have to be able to uh, to deal with in your market. So so go do that. Yeah, I think um, I think that advice of be a guest is is just so important. And I I speak to a lot of owners who have never been to a vacation rental themselves, and and I I just find that really odd. I think how can you, you know, how how can you market something if and and create an experience for people if you've never felt what it's like to be a guest. Yeah, I don't think you can. And that's really how we got started. That's how we learned about the, the vacation rental space is by first being guests and, and seeing what our hosts did and what do we like and what do we think we could do better. And we went on from there. So I would say that would be number one. Uh, another thing that I think a prospective vacation rental owner operator would, would need to do would be to study the market and make sure the numbers work. You would want to Make sure that uh, you know the the investment that you expect to make in a property is going to be rewarded reasonably with uh, the number of bookings that you think you'll get at the rate that you expect to get, and you can work all that out by looking at the other listings. Uh, I would also say that if you are looking at opening a vacation rental in a certain area, it, it would be comforting to see that there are already other listings there uh, that would indicate that. That's a place that that guests want to go, and uh, and that would be important, I think. And then also, I think learning to work with the OTAs. We hear a lot of talk about all the the things that Airbnb and VRBO are, are doing that make it harder on owners. And, and in some cases, some of those things are true. But I think for the for the new host, and certainly for us, still. Uh, you've got to embrace those relationships because that's probably how you're going to get started. I don't think there are many hosts that that just go off the starting line, getting direct bookings right away. So learning how to to to, to manage the OTA relationships and and then of course moving on to the, the the marketing on Facebook and email and all the other things after you've gotten it up and rolling would be important. Would you Would you recommend somebody starts with just one platform and then? gets that relationship, embraces that relationship with that platform before moving on to the next? Or, you know, you start with, okay, I'm going to list on Airbnb and Booking.com and HomeAway and VRBO, and uh, I'm just going to try the lot at the start. I think probably it would be wise not to put all of the eggs in one basket. We started with our listings on Airbnb and VRBO HomeAway simultaneously. We're glad we did. It's it's a bit of a learning curve, I'll have to say. Uh, the the platforms are very capable, but it takes a while to, uh, to kind of learn your way around, to learn how to get your listing set up, and to learn what to do in terms of your cancellation policies and house rules and all that. But uh, starting with a couple and uh, learning how to do the calendar sync between the two is important. And uh, then maybe move on and, and pick up another one or two along the way is kind of how we started and what I would recommend. Well, it certainly seems that what you've done has has been successful for you, John. I said in the introduction to this uh, that whoever's listening to this needs to go and watch the episode of A Sense of Place. And they also need to come to the Vacation Rental Success Summit because then they can meet you there, right? Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled and excited to be there, excited to, to see you there and Matt and uh, make some other new uh, acquaintances in the space. But yes, we're very much looking forward to San Antonio uh, next month. It'll be here before you know it. I know. I know. It is, it is rapidly approaching. At least we know something. It's, the weather's going to be, well, hopefully it's going to be warm. <laughs> well, it won't be, it won't be snowing, hopefully. It won't be snowing, definitely. Um, John, it's been an absolute delight talking with you. I'm so looking forward to meeting you in San Antonio and, um, and getting some more 
some more insight into what you do because you clearly do it so well. So it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, Heather, so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, VRSS, and uh, can't wait to talk to you again. Well, thank you so much, John Oden from stayinthesouth.com. And of course, I will put all the links to John's sites in the show notes and, of course, a link to the episode of A Sense of Place. So you can go and please go take a look at that. It, uh, it's one of my favorite episodes. Um, I'd just also like to share that, uh, that John will be joining the owner's panel at the Vacation Rental Success Summit. And I know he will be a valuable panelist there. Um, Other panel members are um, Rick Oster. He's moderating the panel. Diane Denton, who is coming in from Australia. um, And Terry White from Anna Maria Island. And you'll know all of these people. They've all been guests on the show. And they bring just a huge amount of valuable experience to our owners panel. And I know that Rick is collecting questions that people would like to ask uh, these owners. So if you have any specific questions, you can send them to me at heather at cottageblogger.com and I will forward them to Rick. I'm not saying that he's going to include every question we get, but certainly if there's some overriding themes and um, trends in the types of questions that are being asked, then, then they're going to be included. Um, So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you've got um, questions for the owners on that panel. And, of course, as ever, if you're sitting on the fence about going to the Vacation Rental Success Summit, uh, you can email me at that same email address, heather at cottageblogger.com, and I will give you a code to get a discount on your ticket. Um, Please come. It's going to be amazing. I know that uh, you know the, the last two Vacation Rental Success Summits were just phenomenal. Um, those both, both took place up here in, uh, in Canada, in Toronto. And we think that this year's summit, which will be the third one, uh, is going to surpass them all um, in terms of everything, in terms of the networking, because there's many more people coming this time, in terms of the workshops and in terms of the location. I'm just so excited about the location on the Riverwalk in San Antonio. So would love to see you there. So that's it for one more week. And I will be with you again as ever in a few days time. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.